We gather here today to bury the Cincinnati Bearcats 2023-2024 basketball team. We were promised a movement, awesome videos on social media, cool shoes, and amazing uniforms. The only movement we had was continuing to trend towards irrelevancy. A schedule loaded with cupcakes and a dozen moral victories made us believe this program could be back. We are back. Back in the cellar. Just like football. John Cunningham has declined to give a eulogy on today's show. Houdini, do you have any final words before we shovel the dirt and put the Bearcats underground? We have a piano in the background we could play, Chuck. This is gonna be this is gonna be emotional for everybody. The Let piano's been playing. The piano's been playing oh, for quite man, a bit, I can't buddy. Hear shit. No, that's too I bad. I can't hear shit in my, my AirPods. It is what it is. Okay, well everybody, it uh it hurts me to say this and brings a tear to my eye. But I've seen too many turnovers in throwing lobs to the sky. We had our moments, but sadly now it's over. And yes, I may have a drinking problem because you can't watch these games sober. We went to the Big 12 and we failed the big test. But I pray we can be reborn again next year under our head coach, Wes. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for coming out today. Ah, <laughs> oh, beautifully said. The Bearcats lose 67-59. They do cover in the game against the number one team in the country. Showed some fight late. I'll tell you what, the last like four or five possessions of the game makes me wonder why the Bearcats haven't been pressing all year. You know, they got length, they got speed, they got size. They forced Houston into a couple turnovers and easy fast break points for Dan Skillings. Where's that been all season? It does make you wonder. Like maybe the this team is just a press type of team. I mean, you're right. We have the athletes, the size, the length. We can't seem to figure it out on offense, but defensively, we can compete with damn near anybody. I mean, hell, we put up a great performance. Uh, 67 points to Houston. Come on. Um, held them to their lowest first half total, I think, in a couple of years. Maybe we're just pressed team. I say we just start pressing the rest of the year, see what happens. Maybe we go on a run. Screw it. What do we have to lose at this point? I mean, God bless. That's now 11 That's straight losses. 11 straight losses to the Houston Cougars. If you would have told me in 2017 that the Bearcats would lose 11 straight to the Houston Cougars in the next 50 years, I would have called you an asshole. The Bearcats have done it, unfortunately. They fought hard. Wasn't good enough at the end of the day. Bearcats lose by eight, but they did fight hard. I'm just pissed because this team has... They, they fooled me once again. Remember last year, the entire season, Wes Miller, we're going to figure it out. I believe in this team. We have talent. We're going to figure it out. They didn't figure it out. This series has been saying the same thing for the last few weeks. Not only have they not figured it out, it appears they've somewhat regressed. Now, I think they've just fooled us. I don't think they've regressed. I think they've been who they've been all season. A team that misses a lot of gimmies. A team that turns the ball over a team that can't particularly score it well, but they rebound great and they play good enough defense to keep it with an eight against the number one team in the country on the road. But here's the deal. This team has 16 wins because they feasted on cupcakes. What was their out-of-conference schedule, Houdini? Was it like ranked 310th in the country? 
What was it? It was up there. It was up there. It was like, I think it was, what, 290 or something? It wasn't good. And this year's team is 47th in the Ken Palm. Last year's team was 50th in the Ken Palm. Big question on whether this has been kind of a successful season or not is, has this team shown growth? Have they taken steps in the right direction? You say yes. I say I don't know. I mean, the, the numbers, the, the facts, this is a facts-only podcast. The facts say that this team is not that much better than last year's. Let's get real. Give this team a top 75 out-of-conference schedule, and they're a below 500 basketball team. They just are. They lost their only two quad one games in the in the non-conference slate. They feasted on, you know, teams 150 through 350. You know, the, the Bearcats are who they are. And Wes Miller continues to say, I believe in this team. I think we have a good bunch of kids. We have good players. They're not good enough because we just put the Bearcats underground. And honestly, it would be amazing if they just won the Big 12 tournament and one of the players, you know, pulled this out that entire monologue of us burying them and said, you guys are idiots. But, hey, I'd, I'd love I'd love for them to do that. It's not going to happen, but I'd love for them to do that. I think we got rid of some guys. Obviously, we have a Landers Nolly or the Julius. Landers Nolly coming back could have solved a lot of problems for us. Look at the games that we – what was our biggest win last year? I'm looking at the schedule that we played last year. I mean, we, what, we beat – uh, UCF on the road? Is that like our biggest? I, I don't know exactly what they were ranked. We had no like legit quad one type of wins. We would not have went into the BYU, the Texas Tech. We probably would have lost to UCF on the road. So I, I think there was improvement. I, I think the team last year would have been literally ob- obliterated. I don't think we lose by five at Kansas. I know it's all moral victory bullshit, but the roster has improved. And I think if we have a good portal hall next year, I think we have a decent core of guys that are going to be coming back. I um, am actually in a tornado warning right now. It's very bad in the state of Illinois, so there's a chance that I'm just swept away. That's how much I love the Bearcats. They lose on the road at Houston. They've been losing consistently. I should be down on my bunker, you know, like Lenardi is right now. And instead, you know, I'm upstairs in the most dangerous room in the house. With electronics next to me, as this storm's going on in the background, I could just get fried right now. Honestly, I've been trying to go viral for years. That would that would finally be the one that took me over the top. You know, that headline on YouTube for Chatterbox Sports, man gets electrocuted while burying the Bearcats. That would go viral, Houdini. Anyways, go back to whatever you were saying about Landers Nolly and all that bullshit you were talking about because you were cutting out left and right. Can you hear Hear me now? Am I in a tornado warning? I don't know. Can you? Am I? Am I here? Do I need to reconnect? Uh, you, you sound like ET a little bit right now, but I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep tossing to you, and I'm gonna keep giving you chances to figure it out. Give me a. Uh, give me the alphabet to F right now. Give me the alphabet to F. A B C D E F. I think you're good. I think you're good to go. All right, carry on. If we can get a damn transfer portal hall of a couple of sharpshooters, you're smiling at me. Can you not hear me? No, I could hear you. I'm just laughing at Molly's comments. She says in all caps, Chuck, be smart. Get to shelter. You can't kill a man that's already dead. The Bearcats have killed me. Go on. Sorry. No, I'm just saying I I think there is improvement. I like the core guys that we have. If we make some tweaks to this roster and get a go-to score in the portal, which nowadays there's plenty of them, and I know Wes is going to try, and we get some guys that can shoot the damn ball. I like the young guys. I I mean, 
young, I know you're going to go nuts. We have a lot of juniors and sophomores on this team that will be playing next year. Hope they don't transfer. And Jizzle had his flashes the night as well, which which was good to see. It was one of the positives minus just everybody else fighting out there. Yeah, I mean, the biggest good news right now is in regards to you saying that Cincinnati is better than they were last year. Put this team in the American Athletic right now. And is this an NCAA tournament team? We'll never know. Unfortunately, there's there's no way to figure that out. I would say probably. I mean, hell, South Florida's like 13-1, and one, and literally in the non-conference, they lost every single game to just garbage teams. It's like Towson, loss. Um, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, loss. Um, Tarleton State, loss. And they're about to go to the NCAA tournament as like a nine seed. I, I don't understand it. So, yeah, in that regard... I do think Cincinnati has improved a lot from last year. I think that some of the issues that bogged them last season that Houston continuously exposed, like the fact that the team was not tough at all, they could not rebound and just got bullied down low, they fixed that for the most part. I mean, the rebounding battle today, Cincinnati had 42. Houston had 30. Cincinnati just manhandled Houston on the road. They out-rebounded the Cougars by 12. That was the biggest thing in the offseason that I said Wes needed to fix. I said, Wes, this program's just, it's built on toughness. It's built on defense. We can't have these games where we're giving up 87 points to Tulsa. I've seen enough. And he fixed that in the offseason. So the doom and gloom that I've been sharing on this show, it's because I'm emotional. I yell because I care. I'll say it once again. But in the grand scheme of things, I guess you're right. We are on a positive trajectory. It just doesn't look that way because in the Big 12 Conference, um, you know, they're, they're probably going to finish near the very bottom of the league with 17 wins or 18 wins tops. They will. It's, it's, it's not great. I, I wish we would have finished stronger for sure. Um, it, it really, the, the thing that I point out is those home losses. Like, you can't have them, especially in the Big 12. Our guy Sean Connors, like offense this year, points per game down, field goal percentage down, three-point field goal percentage down. Hey, newsflash, Sean. They were in the American. We're playing 10 NCAA teams every week, okay? It's a little different than playing East Carolina, okay? But, yeah, at the end of the day, you got to you gotta get Ws, right? You can't you can't go 5-12 and 12 or 5-13 and 13 if it comes out that way in the Big 12 and expect to be happy about it. I mean, that's – you can't have it. Hopefully, we can get these last two and end on a positive note. But we got to get better, man. We got to get better. Wes has got to get better. We got to get players that know how to take care of the damn basketball. It's insane. Every game they just toss it around like it's nothing. It, it's wild to me. It's like a freaking game of hot potato out there. Hot potato. Um, <laughs> really you said two games left. There's three to go. I know you're counting down the days until this season is over. Um, but unfortunately, there are three games to go. Let's run through the box score for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Once again, another bad shooting night. 21 of 53, that's 39%. They shot it 5 of 19 from deep, that's 26%. I mentioned they out-rebounded the Cougars by 12. That's fantastic. Unfortunately, they turned it over 19 times. Houston, on the other side, turned it over 10 times. Almost half. Uh, Houston shot it 38%, 35% from three. So the Bearcats... Held Houston to 38%, out-rebounded them by 12, and lost by 8 points. The formula was there. 
I mean, before the game, you'd tell me those stats, I would have said that Cincinnati had a better shot than they did to win this game. Because despite losing by eight and covering the 12.5-point spread, it was really never close if you watched it. Aziz Bandego had seven, five rebounds, three blocks. Tell you what, I think Aziz, with some better guards and some better shot makers that could keep you honest, I think he may have a big season next year. I mean, I, I don't love him offensively, especially when he's eight feet away from the bucket. But at the very least, if you give him the ball down low, he's going to finish. He flushes it home. I like that. John Newman had three points and four rebounds. John Newman has really struggled since uh, really the UCF game at home when he put up, I think, 21 points. John Newman is who we thought he was. That's a, a really good defensive player, great leader. We love John Newman. We, we thank him for everything he's brought to this university. But offensively, he just he, he's not a big-time threat. Seamus Lukosius had 11 in the game, knocked down three three-pointers. Day-Day Thomas had six. Dan Skillings had eight. Victor Locken had his best game in a long time, 11 points, nine rebounds. We said, it's time for Victor to go. He may have just earned his scholarship back. Uh, Jameel Reynolds had six points and seven rebounds. I thought he looked good at times. Jizzle James had a great second half with seven points, um, four turnovers in the game. The announcers consistently were saying, they got to put Jizzle James back in. And then Josh Reed had no points and took one of the most atrocious three-pointers I've ever seen in my life. It was a brick by about 19 feet, and it really reminded me of Jermaine Sanders back in the day. Jermaine Sanders was a useful player because he had good players like Sean Kilpatrick, Gary Clark, Troy Copain, Jacob Evans around him. Unfortunately, as of right now, there's not that offensive threat to really help out Josh Reed, and he gets exposed on offense quite a bit. But that gives the Bearcats 59 points in the game. They lose 67 to 59. Who stood out to you in this game? I mean, I was paying attention to Victor Lockett. He, he finally got a little run. Uh, I was, I'm was i just rooting for the kid, honestly, because he's had just abysmal. I mean, what was it? They said six points his last seven games, something like that. And he played uh, – he was back to his normal – you know, he actually finishes – which we need desperately. He he finishes typically those four-footers, those five-footers right around the rim that no one else on this team can make. He just struggled again, like, you know, traditionally defensively. Some of those and-ones he was giving up. Newman being a no-show, kind of coming back to earth, has really hurt this team. When he was playing, you know, kind of out of his mind, really, um, putting up, you know, 13, 15 points for a stretch, we were a really tough basketball team, and he's been a no-show and I think that that kills us because we need a guy like him to knock down some threes and some shots, and it has not been there at all. At this point, the best that Cincinnati can do is 8-10. and 10. We said that 8-10 and 10 at one point could be the magic number to get you into the NCAA tournament. But two of those wins down the stretch would be against Kansas State, a bubble team, and West Virginia, the worst team in the conference, and a road win against Oklahoma. It would not be enough. Mathematically... The Bearcats pretty much would have to win out and go all the way to the championship game and lose with a couple quad one wins in there to really be in the conversation. So technically, we may have buried them a little prematurely, but the writing's on the wall. This team just is not good enough. They're not an NCAA tournament team. They're quite frankly what they've been pretty much all year, and that is next four after the next four out. Getting closer, though, I guess you could say. If you want to look at the uh, silver lining, since you're all about the moral victories this season. You got to look at the positives a little bit. Life's too short, Chuck. You know that. Listen, if we win the next two games and then win two in the Big 12, 
I'm sure will be very fringe bubble at that point. I don't think we have to win the whole tournament. Um, but at this pace, I mean, we've, we've seen what we've done. Um, I highly doubt that will happen. I don't think we'll be, uh, you know, watching Selection Sunday, hoping for that 11 seed. I, I think it's going to be, like I said, NIT with uh, John, with Josh Lenardi, excuse me, that we'll be uh, checking in on to see where we're going to be falling in that bracket. For people saying, like, Fire West, we owe him $17 million. You want to do that? You think the athletic program can uh, absorb $17 mil Yeah, so here's the deal. West? I, I think Here, we're in good hands. We're going to be all right. Here's the deal, Houdini. I'm popping this up right now. So he signed that six-year, $7.875 million contract to start. Uh, the buyout was originally at $3 million and de-escalated to seven hundred fifty k by 2026. But you remember, the Bearcats extended Wes Miller. A smart move, right? You got to get your coach locked in heading into the Big 12. Obviously, the majority of Bearcat faithful still think that Wes Miller's the guy and is going to figure it out. But my God, I mean, John Cunningham's got to be on the hot seat just with that buyout alone. You're telling me that we got to give Wes Miller $10 million if he can't make the tournament by March of 26? If he just is an absolute dud, we got to give the dude $10 million. You kidding me? That's an absolute travesty. I mean, it's the only field where you can get fired and just get paid egregiously. I, I truly wish in a different life I was a head basketball coach, head football coach, where they pay you. Charlie Weiss, I think, is still getting paid from Notre Dame, man. I would love <laughs> that. If I just sucked ass at my job every day, and then finally they told me, you know what, Hudson, you're you're going home. And I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, we, we owe you $8 million. I'd be like, thank God. This is a great day. So it, it's, it's crazy how they do it. You'd think they'd have some clauses in there like, hey, if you don't make the tournament by year five, the contract is null and void. But they don't. All these coaches just make millions whether they suck or not. It's incredible. It's ridiculous. So if the Bearcats were to fire Wes Miller today, he's owed $15.6 million. He's not getting fired today, everyone. He's going to be back for next season. A, he's landing big-time recruits. Tyler Betsy, Tyler McKinley, the Tylers, they can play. B, he returns pretty much everyone that had a pulse on this basketball team, for the most part. John Newman, great player. We're going to miss him. But aside from that, really, they return every single player. Let's say he was to stink next year. 11-19 and 19 stink. Four wins in the Big 12. No signs of anything. You know, jizzle transfers in the offseason. Just, just stinks. The Bearcats would owe him $13 million. Let's say they give him another year because they're strapped for cash. They then owe him $9.9 million uh, before March 31 of 2026. So, yeah, you're right. Wes Miller's not going anywhere, and it's why I feel I can criticize. If a coach essentially fails at his job and still can get $13 million after five years of failing at his job, you better believe that the fan base can absolutely question what's going on. And I know that you say he inherited a tough situation. He absolutely did. But the fact of the matter is, John Brannon was handed a very good program by Mick Cronin. In his first season, it was cut short by COVID. That was a tournament team that was 45th in the net rankings. The next year was an absolute travesty. Travesty. 
Everyone opted out. DeJulius was on and off the floor. Uh, Madsen said see ya. Zach Harvey said see ya. Jay Sorolla was like, I'm out midseason. Um, it, it wasn't good. The team stunk. They cut their losses and fired John Brannon. Now, Wes Miller didn't have a roster to work with. He had to re-recruit his own guys. He had to bring over the UNCG players. Yes, okay. But how many years does he get a leash for that in today's day and age in college basketball where you can go out and re-recruit players every single season? Because we gave Mick so much time because you have to you have to establish your own guys, right? You got to bring them in. You have to develop them. You can just recruit fully developed players like he's done with Jameel, like he's done Aziz Bandega, like he did with Lacocious. Like you can recruit these guys nowadays. He's got the big 12 to work with. He's got a program that, like I said, just one year before he started, one year before he started, was a tournament team before COVID shut that thing down. So the notion that, like, oh, the Bearcats were in such a low spot, they were garbage for years, they, this isn't 2002 anymore, I don't want to hear that. I mean, at a certain point, especially next year, year four, if he can't be competitive in the Big 12, I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. Kelvin Sampson, perfect example. He took over a 13-win Houston team. He had him to 20 wins by his second season. By like year four or five, he had them legit contenders in the NCAA tournament. I get it. Kelvin Sampson's a Hall of Fame coach, but people act like Wes Miller's going to be a Hall of Fame coach, so I don't know. All I know is he's our guy. You can't do anything about it. I just told you the buyout clause. I mean, if you want to buy him out under $5 million, you got to wait all the way until March 31st, 2027. So Wes has got some time. He's got quite the leash going on. They're showing an Kelvin identity, Sampson man. to Wes Miller? What is what? What the hell? What? Like if Rick Pitino makes the tournament next, like this year, you're like, see Rick Pitino. Well, we had a chance to get Rick Pitino, brother. We had a chance to get Rick Pitino, and you know who we got? We got John Brannon. We got John Brannon. Rick Pitino would have <laughs> gladly came to sit. And you're not gonna obviously. Probably. He's at St. John's. They had their chance to get Rick Pitino. He was sitting right there. And you know what they did? They said, no, let's bring over John Brannon. And that's why they're in the situation that they are now. Was Wes Miller a bad hire? A lot to be said. But for you to sit here and say, like, oh, Calvin Sampson, Wes Miller, it's a better basketball program than Houston was. And I get it. They lucked into Calvin Sampson because he was a cheater, much like Auburn, not a good basketball program, lucked into Bruce Pearl. Those coaches aren't there every single day. You know, what, are we going to go out and get Chris Beard from Ole Miss? No, it's not going to happen. So the grass is not always greener on the other side. But, I mean, the grass doesn't get much browner than this. They've sucked now for five years, four years. You got to put into the equation moving to the Big 12 in the middle of what essentially last year was his real first season, and then he gets shoved in to the Big 12, and they're playing ten, you know, nine to ten teams that are in the tournament in their own conference. It's a little bit different than if he was still in the American. Um, I think we'd be looking a lot like a South Florida, where we have you know 20 plus wins, but we've beaten literally no one good. Um, but you're right. You have to win games. A lot of this falls on Wes. We're not 5-10 and 10 bad in the Big 12. I, I can tell you that, and that's a lot on Wes. And next year, if we don't compete and make the tournament, that's where the issue is going to be. Would you have gotten behind that? Hypothetically, we go on a time machine. 
you're the AD. Would you have would you have given Rick a look or uh, am I an idiot for saying that? If Rick Pitino is available, you take a look at him. And he loved – he was like hanging around the program. When, when a big coach like that's on the radar, I mean, we saw St. John's take a chance. Iona take a chance. Uh, Houston took a chance on Kelvin Sampson. Worked out. As long as they haven't done anything, you know, disgusting – he was what the, the stripper thing with the Louisville recruits? Like, I mean, what? Am I going to cry about it? No. But we got we got Wes Miller, okay. And I still next year is the year, folks, that I'll really bring the hammer down on our guy Wes because uh, he has uh, underperformed this year. Next up is Kansas State. After Kansas State, it's the Oklahoma Sooners on the road. Then the West Virginia Mountaineers, eighteen and thirteen. Sounds like um, best case scenario, seventeen. And 14, probably the most realistic scenario. I'm not expecting them to beat Kansas State. They haven't won any home games. But, hey, uh, take down Kansas State and and maybe the uh, the train's back on the tracks. But as of right now, there's not a lot of positivity, aside for the fact that I think Jizzle James still looks great. Good recruits are coming in. There's reason to have faith surrounding Wes Miller, right? Because you go down to uh, Louisville. KFC Yum Center, best arena in the nation. I mean, that place is incredible. And you can hear a pin drop in that place. That's what's going on at Louisville. They're a, a train wreck. I don't want to call Cincinnati a train wreck. Like you said, we've taken some positive steps. I guess I just give this program a little more credit than some people do. Um, entering the Big 12, I get it. It's a change. But, I mean, this is a team that may finish in last place. It's as simple as that. You say they're not going to finish in last, Chuck. They may. They very well may have a game against West Virginia who decides the last place team in the Big 12 Conference. And if that to you is something to hang your hat on, then um, John Cunningham, extend them. Extend them. We're going to finish 11th right behind Texas. Mark my words. We will finish 11th in the Big 12. And that's sad to even say because that's that's it for people that are confused because Big 12 – they screwed all the damn conferences. There's 14 teams in the damn conference. So 11th, not good, not good. But that's where I think we'll finish, right uh, right behind Texas. And now to round out the show, it's our post-game presser correspondent, Alex Frank. He has more on Wes Miller's words after the loss. Wes Miller added in about two things in his post-game interview with Dan Horde and Terry Nelson. He said that the fight the Bearcats displayed tonight is who they are, and it was exactly where it needed to be. It's who this team is. But he also acknowledged that this team can't keep turning the ball over, and they eventually have to make layups and open shots. I'm Alex Frank of Chatterbox Bearcats and Chatterbox Sports. Cincinnati falling to Houston 67-59 to Tuesday night in Houston. Wes Miller, though, was upbeat in that postgame interview with Dan Horde and Terry Nelson. He acknowledged that the standard... The Bearcats have said is they're going to fight, and he thinks if they do that again and their next game is on Saturday against Kansas State, that they'll be just fine. He did say that it was frustrating. The Bearcats missed a lot of early shots and said that if they played a little bit better, he thinks the Bearcats should have won. Now, he did acknowledge that he's not happy the Bearcats aren't in a better position going into the final three games of Big 12 play. The Bearcats are currently at 5-10, and 10 in Big 12 play, and it's looking more and more like, at least now, that the Bearcats will have to play on Tuesday of the Big 12 tournament. He mentioned that Victor Locke and Aziz Bandego and Jamil Reynolds, the bigs, are what they needed to be, were what they needed to be on Tuesday night, and he ended his interview by saying if the Bearcats keep fighting, that they're going to be 
just fine. So again, two things that Wes Miller was adamant about in his postgame interview, that the fight was where it needed to be, exactly what it needed to be, that's who this team is, but he was very upset. He was angry because the Bearcats did beat Houston in the rebound battle by 12, yet still lost by 8. And he acknowledged the poor shooting and the turnovers. Those are going to have to get cleaned up if the Bearcats are going to win any of their final three regular season games and put themselves in at least a better position than they are in now going into the Big 12 tournament, which starts two weeks from yesterday, Tuesday, in Kansas City. Chuck and Houdini, while you two are conducting or were conducting a funeral last night for the Bearcats season, I'm not really sure if it's quite over just yet, even though that might make some listeners infuriated by what I just said. But then again, there's still hope because you never know what can happen. The next game for the Bearcats Saturday against Kansas State is in the month of March. And as we like to say in March, anything can happen. I'm Alex Frank of Chatterbox Bearcats and Chatterbox Sports. I'm going to send things back to you, Chuck and Houdini. All right, Chatterbox Bearcats with Chuck and Houdini. Saturday, 7 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. Another one on the Plus. That's at Fifth Third Arena. Um, Bearcats fall 67-59. See ya, Houdini. See ya.